All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's got the news. David Zia sitting in is going to do some news as well. Glad you're part of the show as always. Make sure you follow us on our social media at LFS6B. Visit us over at livefromstudio6b.com. Slick Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, Big D. What's going on tonight? Not much. Uh, I thought felt like today was kind of a slow day all around. A couple things to talk about, obviously, but compared to, I guess, what we've been used to now, maybe it's just because it's been so crazy. Today was a little maybe back towards normal. Rick Delgado, how are you? Normal? No, no, look what I'm sitting next to. Look at this jacket. There's nothing normal about today. Oh, well, I, I'm talking from a news perspective, oh, not from a news a... perspective. No, every, everything I, I feel like everything's been uh, kind of focused on what's going on in Maine, which, of course, you know. Yeah, what's the latest? Democrats, the, the communists have come out for, for gun control because we know how gun control works so well with criminals. They see, they see you know, tersely worded laws written to keep guns out of their hands, and they're like, oh. Now what am I going to do to kill people? They don't care. Watch me. Yeah, it's um, you know, we we're, we're so used to it at this point. Everybody's always thinks that the the what they should have passed or didn't pass or work they're going to pass right. and this their new ideas is going to stop evil and it's just there's no legislation, there's no anything that would have stopped this or any or, or almost any of these incidents. We yeah. talk about it every time it happens. And then you have Kamala Harris. Uh, where is she? Down under right now talking uh, talking about uh, Australia, uh, how Australia has this great thing that they did with gun control where they seized everybody's guns. And, the, and you know what? The government will determine if you are qualified to have a gun. And guess what? We She's like, we should do that here. Well, we do do that here. It's called uh, Washington, D.C., Chicago, New York City. Those are little examples of Australia where you're not allowed to have a gun and we have raging uh, gun problems and mass shootings in Chicago every weekend. So how's it working out for you? How's that Venn diagram fitting in with your gun control, you big dummy? Anyhow. Yeah, it's always the places that are, you know, gun free zones or the strongest uh, gun, you know, laws on the books that all of these things happen. And there's, you know, people just overreact. I mean, not that you can overreact to something like a terrible event like this, but I mean, like I even saw some, I don't know if it's a local congressperson or the U.S. congressperson from Maine today doing the press conference who had previously, um, you know, said he wouldn't vote for any kind of gun you know, legislation today, he's up there apologizing for it and says, well, now, yeah, no, now I'm on board with, now we've got to pass. And no one asks him, well, what, what about, what about the legislation you would have passed? Do you think would have helped? Yeah. yeah what part and of, of course, it? right. The answer to that is, well, none, but he won't say that he's not asked that, but there is no part that would have helped. No. And what's great is that I found this article today, this morning, where a Maine resident said he and his family were locked and loaded. Their words, quoted, uh, as his neighborhood was told to shelter in place while the police hunt for the active shooter went down. I guess he lives pretty close to the bowling alley where most of these people were shot. And, uh, you know, he, he lives barely a block away from the shooting scene, it says here, Don Dotsie. <clears throat> and he was ready to take the shooter out if he would have approached his home. And that's the only way. And you read about this is what happened in Israel as well, is that the the residents that had guns 
They fought back. Maybe maybe they ended up dying, but they took terrorists with them. And the ones that weren't, the ones at the concerts, the ones that are just trying to mind their own business, trying to live their life, the retirees laying in bed, they can't move. Those were all sitting ducks. They were all sitting ducks because they had no chance to defend themselves. I remember this one husband and wife, they took out seven terrorists protecting their kids. Eventually they fell as well, but they protected their kids and their kids lived. And this guy spent a couple of weeks in a mental health facility just oh, a few yeah. weeks ago this summer. You know? So what, what, is, what, is the, um, what is the update as of now? I saw today that there was obviously some uh, warrant, search warrants and warrants uh, put out that was supposedly um, well, they some had, flashbangs at his house. Right. Some yeah. people had heard some orders, get down, come out, some things like that. What, right. that, that, was a, that was the last I saw before I left to come here was they were talking about that, the explosions being heard, the flashbangs being used. They, they had identified some properties, multiple properties that this guy was associated with, uh, and they were running down those, uh, the, those properties to check them out. And that, I guess this is where they found um, – you know, the possibility of he where he could be hunkered down. And, and David, you were saying how this guy trained for this. Like, he he, he prepped for this. He threatened this is, to shoot up bases this yeah. summer. Th- th- this, is not, this is not some one-off, I'm just going crazy today. No. This guy prepped for this. Um, yeah. They found his car, uh, I guess, at a dock. I guess he had his, uh, his escape route already planned to, to escape by boat. I mean, people yeah. always say, oh, by now he's so far gone from Maine. Why are, you, why are you searching around there? But that's not always the case. A lot of times these guys are found, you know, not that far that you would think. Yeah. Well, you could kiss gun rights goodbye in uh, Maine to a degree. And, um, you know, they're a very liberal state with guns. You don't need a permit or anything. Oh, know? yeah. They, they've so, got very lax gun but, laws um, in Maine. You know, the main legislature is very liberal, like the parents' rights. Uh, I think they lost the key vote recently for parental consent and parental rights in schools. It's just like New Hampshire, which is, still has good gun laws. But New Hampshire is like Maine. So who knows what's coming in New Hampshire now, too? It's uh, pretty scary these if you're pe- a gun be- owner. But these people have uh, – gun- guns are – you know, it, it's part of the culture in Maine. There's yeah. a lot of hunting. Yes. A lot of, uh, you know. Saying that last night. And, and, you know, like this one homeowner who's like, no, we're locked and loaded. If this guy comes near our house, we're taking him out. Yeah, and you don't want to <laughs> have an encounter with a moose up right. there or black bear. Which, so. which is why this guy picked on a bar and a place where he knew there wouldn't probably be people armed because they were sitting ducks. They were trying to enjoy a night out. Um, and that's what these cowards do. So they have the yellow flag laws as opposed to the red flag laws, like where a neighbor can just call on you and just say, oh, this guy's crazy. And they come and raid your house with 40 cops, you know. But I think the yellow flag laws are a little different, uh, requires the uh, recommendation from a mental health professional. But like, why? Why did this guy still have all his guns if he was in a mental home? Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> you yeah. got some. You got some. Was questions there an MK Ultra there. program in that uh, mental facility? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got to just add to this. I, I couldn't sleep at all last night. I stayed up till three a.m. I had an early morning. I could not fall asleep watching this. And for the first time ever, I said to my wife, "You know, I'm seriously thinking about getting a gun." And I'm not, you know, that just not really was never interested in that. Yes, yeah. no. And now I actually said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm really fearful now. Uh, you know, we're not safe anymore. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know newsflash, but I mean, honestly, I, I really don't feel safe anymore in my yeah. home. You don't and have what gun knocks on my door, and I'm helpless. Yeah, I'll never forgive myself. You don't have gun rights in New York, though. 
You need yeah, well, a background check. You got to buy ammo, you know, um, and you need to own any semi-automatic weapon. Um, you have to have a permit, like going for a pistol. Right, it takes yeah. a year and uh, a half to get. It's ridiculous. I'll I had start a semi- the process, though, because huh? I have a good yeah, background. Yeah, you should. But I had a know. semi-automatic rifle at 13. Nobody cared, and I never killed anybody. So, right, not yet. I mean, your best <laughs> your best bet is is a shotgun for home defense. Yeah, yeah. And there, yeah. you don't you don't need a permit. You don't need you don't need any of that. You just go out and buy it. Um, they ship it to you. They do a quick background check. I'm talking about the state of New York. Um, and, you know, let's face it. When it, And it's funny because I did a bunch of research before I, I delved into this. And the one thing, you know, they said, which, which, uh, I, what are you using it for? I'm like, well, home defense. They're, okay. Well, you want to, you want to have a little bit of discouragement. What does that mean? Uh, don't, go, don't go semi-automatic. <laughs> right. Yeah. They said, do do uh do a uh, that's easy to say, a, but well do a twenty gauge because you get that. That's a deterrent. It's a deterrent. Somebody hears that, unless five like, guys are in your living room attacking your kids and your wife, you need a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I agree, but you know, New York is hopeless. Right, but but oh. if if you're coming down the stairs because you heard something rattling around, yeah, it definitely you a deterrent. call out and you yeah. go, I'm I'm armed, and you follow <laughs> it up with a. Who's Think your daddy? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's what uh, I think that's what Sheriff Buford T. Justice calls. That's an attention getter. Well, we had a case in uh, Manorville here on Long Island a couple of years ago. A guy blew the guy's arm off who broke into his home, and then they wanted to arrest the guy, but who who shot the guy? But he wound up not uh, getting arrested, and um, you know the guy lost his arm, but he deserved it. He was yeah. breaking in the guy's house go. in the middle uh, of the night. Yeah, do that in a Middle Eastern country. They take your hand off. Yep. Well, there's, a lot of car- yeah, there's a lot of car break-ins going on on Long Island now. I mean, it's, it's getting Look like Look at this else. accident in L.A. Uh, this week. There were guys were in an accident on the side of the road, and another car pulls over, and three or four guys or gang members get out, and they rob both people in both cars who had their right. cars destroyed yeah, you know what? A- at gunpoint. I-, I read that. I think it was a targeted, like they forced the Maybe. guy off the road. Yeah, I was wondering. Because I think there was a drug mule they were chasing to d- get the drugs yeah, off. Yeah, I've been trying to find like that, that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll obviously, if we get any news within the show uh, anymore, we will follow that. There's other things to do, other things in the news, some wild stuff in the news today about Mark Meadows that we'll get to. Um, and we've, I mean, I know everybody overreacted because they say they, you know, these big social media accounts want, um, want just clicks on all these things. That's why they put these wild stories out there. And there was a wild one about Mark Meadows today. Um, and I know Mark Meadows' lawyer has come out and said this is from like the Twilight Zone, and I guess that's that's about the closest thing we have to a denial. But there have been there's been these things about Mark Meadows now floating around for the better part of seemingly months about where he stands here. What is he doing? Is he cutting a deal? Is he not cutting a deal? And then you get this story about him today possibly having worn a wire, which is. I guess attorney and closest uh, confidant to him that's been with him for a while came out and said, this is absurd. This is from like another planet. But um, I I don't recall. I don't think they said absolutely that that it's false to say that it's it's a wild. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what to think of it. I I just would like like a definitive. We absolutely have did not and would never think about doing this, and we're not doing this, and we're not working with the government. I just don't feel like we've gotten that definitive. Like to say, oh, that's kind of a wild theory is one thing, right? 
Haven't gotten that denial. But we haven't really gotten like a hundred percent denial from from anyone on Mark Meadows' team, seemingly. And I, and I only bring this up because today's not the first time we've heard his name thrown around in relation to these kind of things. Not as wild as this today, clearly. Right. But his name has been bantered around for a long time on where he stands on all this. What is he doing? Is he cutting it? He tried to get it removed from state court they, they, to fed the federal court. They said no. And I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or no, do I, I sound you. crazy too? No, because uh, CBS is running with this story saying the former White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is cooperating with the uh, special counsel's investigation. As they said he provided lengthy and in-depth testimony several times in the past year before the grand jury. Again, what does that mean? Of course, he's going to testify before the grand jury. He's supposed to if he's called. Uh, and what does it mean? Uh, lengthy. Did they ask him a lot of questions? Was he there for, for a few hours? What are they comparing that to? What does in-depth mean to them? Um, they're also saying it included uh, reams of documents, text messages, uh, and provided them with a roadmap of Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 elections, according to sources, unnamed sources, Familiar with the Trump chief of staff's testimony. All right. We got lots of news to do. David Zia, Rick Delgado, we'll do sports with Slick, and we'll talk about what else we were doing with Slick today when we get back right after this, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. past the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday night lots to do delgado's going to do some news david zier's here he's going to do some news as well of course you want to make sure you check out breaking point every saturday morning 8 a.m right here on real america's voice what's coming up on your uh, saturday show this weekend uh, i got a really good show for everybody i got this great guy brandon weikert he wrote the uh, shadow war about Iran's ambitions. And, uh, you know, we have an in-depth discussion on the sources. You know, all these college kids don't know their history and the Levant, you know, how Christians and Jews were there way before Islam existed. And these kids don't know the history of Anwar Sadat getting assassinated oh, and when Menachem yeah. Begin made that deal with him in 1979. Yeah. One of the few accomplishments of Jimmy Carter. Um, <laughs> very few. <laughs> and the Muslim world got together because they, wanted to, to fight, the they <laughs> wanted to fight pan-Arabism <laughs> and secular, you know, Arabism, um, and that's what you know really launched this stuff in uh, Hamas in '87, uh, where they started to uh, was the first Intifada, you know, which uh, caused you know uh, the Hamas, which was Sunni, and then you have the influence of the Shiite coming in. So pay attention to that. Uh, I've got other guests uh, on the show as well. Um, so we got a jam-packed lineup for you. I got Chris Pilkerton, the former SBA chief, who wrote this book called. Um, 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 underserved about the uh, black vote and the uh, Latino vote in America and, you know, what the, how the Democrats have lost a little bit of the support and how they did so well under Trump and uh, maybe it could be a good sign for Republicans to pick up more minority vote. Yeah. All right. Uh, breaking point 8 a.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Let's do some sports with Slick. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop at MyPillow. Great stuff. Great savings using our code. And, of course, if you do, let us know. Send us your receipts, and we'll send you the shirt of the month absolutely free, which 
This is not it. This is the individual free thinker shirt that I'm wearing tonight. This was one of the shirts of the month in the past months, but now it's the Trump Truth shirt. Uh, and that purple, it looks good. And speaking of looking good in purple. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Slickster, how did we do today? Unbelievable. The 2024 Slick Rick calendar shoot went down today. It was amazing. And it was, whoa, oh, this oh a my little, goodness, just look at that. a little taste of that's a Holy That's moly. the low-key part of it. Then it got, got really wild. Yeah, this is the low-key part. This, this, is, this, is, this, is, is, this is casual, you know, cutting your grass type outfits. Then we, we, we ramped it up as we moved forward. <laughs> yeah, we work. ramped it cutting up as grass. we went through. So I think we have on the left <laughs> oh, there, yeah. we've got February. Not not that that's going to be <laughs> no, the No, that's one. not going to be the shot. Well, we right. don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. But you're, uh, saying, but you're saying the red, is that for Valentine's Day? You're going yeah. with the red for February? Is that what was that, was yeah. that the thought? Wow, you're sharp. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you really got it together, Doug. <laughs> thank you. Trying to pull it all together. So Slickster, was, Slickster was looking good today, man. I saw some mouth as I to put some sunglasses on. Yeah, we did. We, it was a great shoot. Unbelievable. And I want to thank you for stopping off at Home Depot on your way in to pick up a can of spackle for the makeup artist. <laughs> it really helped out nice. Yeah, you looked good. You looked nice, you looked nice and even there. Now, yeah, now, we got some like, great shots. I mean, those are, those are the shots that you took, right? That, uh, the, the, those are shots. That you those took? are shots I just took YouTube, behind yeah. the scenes. That isn't yeah. the photographer. And she's yeah, no, kind of, was, she has all kinds of filters on there. No, no. That, that was before yeah. he got into into uh, into his poses, right? But th what, was oh, it yeah. like a scene out of uh, what do you call it? Uh, Austin Powers? Yeah. Was he like? Was it on a spinning bed? And was you he going, have, "Yeah, baby, I'm Randy." You're gonna have to just wait and <laughs> yeah, see. You have to tune in. There's definitely some special effects. Don't worry. I would just wait and see. This is gonna be. It's gonna be worthwhile. Let me just give you a hint. There may be one shot where both feet are not on the ground <laughs> yes, right. all right it's like what's going on in sports oh boy i gotta follow odds makers going to come oh, on we got we gotta, let's, let's get right into it let's go up to buffalo <laughs> head up to buffalo we're gonna shuffle off we got the buffalo bills hosting the tampa bay buccaneers 10 points that line keeps moving right it went from eight and a half aaron to nine to nine and a half now it's at 10 yeah, it's at 10 yeah somebody said any nude shot that was rich yeah th th those would actually be behind the scenes yes oh my but um <laughs> let's get into it right now uh so, so wait, aaron, what were the are, picks all right we're gonna make the pick now yeah, so 10 that. points uh, aaron are you gonna make a pick i we kind of talked about this we yeah, we with? talked about it earlier i'm going with the bills i mean i'm a little scared with the spread but the bucks really disappointed me last week against the falcons at home so on the road i don't trust it yeah, I, I, I can't go against Josh Allen. He's my fantasy guy football-wise, so I got to take him. What am I going to do? I got to go with the Bills as well and lay the 10 points tonight. I, it's going to be <laughs> tough. But not, I, 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 You're I, both I, on the Bills again. I, I, yeah. I, listen, we're doing so bad, it don't matter. I mean, we, 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 10, we have the, no uh, pulse on the NFL anymore. We, we have, have no, absolutely right. no pulse. Exactly. So okay. Hopefully, we, yeah, hopefully so, they turn it around tonight for us. Exactly. So it's just underway. Uh, the Buccaneers have the ball in their 43, so uh, nothing's happened. Oh, God, what points. are you laughing at? The Bills aren't losing yet, so you're, you're good. You're right, exactly. <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat, who was it? It was uh, Team We Are You uh, just just wrote Zoolander. And I yeah. just think, man, did you give her a uh, blue steel when blue you were steel. up Blue steel. Magnum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some okay. scores here. Sports. Let's get back to sports here. Islanders uh, two nothing over the Senators. NHL end of one. Also, end of one flies blanking the Wild one zip. 
<laughs> Blues and Flames a little bit later on this evening, 9 p.m. Also 9 p.m. Puck drop out west. Rangers and Oilers in Edmonton earlier tonight. The Jets over to Red Wings 2-1, to one, ninth to go in the second there. Blue Jackets 2-1 over to Canadians, uh, 11 to go in the second there. Also in the second, what do you know? Bruins up 2-1 to one over to Ducks. Bruins 6-0 and oh, looking good as well as the Avalanche, who right now are losing to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. 3-0 in the second. Avalanche with a 6-0, and oh, six-game winning streak on the line as well. And guess what, Big D, NBA action. Well, you know, my sixes are up. They're going They're going into uh, Milwaukee tonight. They're trailing 39-32. Seven minutes to go in the second. And the Suns and Lakers, 10 p.m. Uh, tip-off out there, out west. And World Series. Here we go. Diamondbacks, Galen, Rangers, Iovali get World Series Game 1 nods. ESPN News News Services. Tomorrow night, Game 1, Big D. Uh, we'll start Game 1 of the World Series for the Texas Rangers. It will be Nathan Iovaldi on Friday night, while All-Star Zach Galen gets the nod for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Iovaldi a Texas native who signed with the Rangers last season, home cooking, uh, will make his first career World Series start. The right-hander is 4-0 with a 2-4-2 ERA in his four starts this postseason, including the AL Wildcard Series and AL Division Series clinches and the must-win Game 6 of the AL Championship Series at Houston Sunday night. Good-looking pitcher. Iovaldi, one of the Texas's acquisitions, has a 2-4-2, and uh, he's going to be... Uh, I, I, I think he'll actually do pretty well. I'm taking the Rangers in this World Series. Any thoughts on that, guys? Mm, don't really care. No. Well, this is the baseball <laughs> gods saying, giving you the middle finger with this yeah. matchup. Nobody cares. I think yeah. the Rangers, Texas Rangers. Yep. Will this be their first World Series if they win? I think it would be. Uh, this will be their first World Series yeah. if they win, correct. Yes. This will be first for Texas. So I'm hoping for the win. Uh, and FBI joins Probe into ex-Michigan assistant football coach. This is Adam Rittenberg. Boy, Michigan's got this share of problems, right? Harbaugh is being investigated for sign stealing as well as his staff. And now oh, the F- sign stealing. Give me a break. Hey. That's yeah. a nothing. I mean, that happens every week yeah. in every college football game. Oh, ask the Yankee, Give me a break. Ask a Yankee fan when, when Houston did it. Tell, ask, ask, ask how they feel about it. But Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, the FBI has That's joined. different. You don't got guys on the sideline holding up <laughs> stupid pictures of, uh, you know, celebrities and these dumb cards that they do to give the signs. If they just put some technology in the, head, okay. in the um, helmets like the high school kids do and the pros do, I don't know why college can't. So you say they, they, get, they get what they deserve. Yeah, this is a right. not, come on, that's a nothing story. Right. Well, Big D's an expert on college football, so I can't argue with you there. Uh, the FBI has joined the University of Michigan Police Department's investigation of former Wolverines football coach Matt Weiss, who was fired in January uh, following a report of unauthorized computer access crimes at the school's football building. Deputy Chief Melissa Overton confirmed the FBI's involvement to ESPN on Thursday, adding that the investigation is extensive, ongoing, and is of the utmost priority and covers multiple states. So I don't know what this guy was doing. Weiss, who spent the 20, 21, and 22 seasons with Michigan and most recently served as co-offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, has not been charged with any crime as of yet. So we'll keep an eye on that story. But a lot going on on Michigan. And then meanwhile, they're having a hell of a season, right? They're number two in the country. And I believe they're, what, 7-0 and now. So 6-7-0, or seven and looking good. That's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick. Very good. We'll do some more sports before the end of the first hour. Let's. Well, we don't have time for news. We'll do news with... Rick Delgado and David Zier both. Raheem Kassam has an exclusive at the National Pulse on the Mark Meadows charge. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. Lots to do. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. We're back right after this.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado and David Z are going to do some news here in a second. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Uh, just quickly before we get to news, Raheem Kassam tonight, exclusive. Ex-Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows blasts wire-wearing FBI informant claims as ridiculous. Um, former President Trump's Chief of Staff Mark Meadows has blasted bizarre new allegations that he wore a wire whilst working in the White House and acted as an informant against Trump for the FBI in comments provided exclusively to the National Pulse. The allegations that Meadows had voluntarily worn a listening device and acted as a federal informant were first made on X with a claim the information was corroborated through anonymous congressional sources. Uh, But Meadows explicitly blasted the claim in a brief comment to the National Pulse stating, thanks for checking, it is ridiculous, it is 100% not true. Okay, so just just what I said in the first segment, here you go. So this is from, I guess Raheem is saying this was... Mark Meadows himself to them, or to him, uh, 100% not true. Speculation as to the accuracy of the claim regarding Meadows quickly spread across social media late Thursday. Ben Williamson, a longtime spokesman for Meadows, also denied the accusation, stating this crap is ridiculous. It's straight out of the twilight zone. So there you go. Well, you know, Navarro was... um you know, subpoenaed. Uh, they left out Meadows in, I think, January 2022. Um, and they're saying that he cut a deal with Jack Smith Meadows to, to say the election was not stolen. Um, and that that he explained to Trump that the election wasn't stolen. Um, I think it was Navarro. Somebody, people have been calling out Meadows for a number of years now, saying he's not the uh, person he claimed to be. Yeah. But, um, you know... Well, that, if that's accurate, that it, that's directly from Meadows to Raheem in the National Pulse, that's a pretty direct denial. Yeah. Sounds so, like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some other news. Mm. And here with the news brought to you by our friends at 7Cells, Seven 7Cells.com. Seven Use our code for 20% off. 7Cells got great stuff at the website for your health, uh, for all kinds of other stuff. Great stuff at 7Cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 20% off. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, I don't know. Did you uh, did you see our our, our buddy uh, Ben Burkwam uh, on the loose down in D.C.? Yeah, I you did. already got about a million hits in like five hours. <laughs> With wow. the Rashida Tlaib thing? I yeah. did see that one. She she didn't have some nice things to say as she entered her office. Yep. I saw him with MTG today as well. I didn't see that one, but I oh, saw the uh, I, I saw the uh, Rashida Tlaib one. I thought it was brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so good on him. He's great. Uh, Quick update on the Lewiston, Maine uh, mass shooting uh, that left uh, 18 people dead. The manhunt, uh, of course, is still underway. According to this, and this is, I'm trying to, it's tough for me to see if there's a time stamp on this, but here's what was last reported, this coming from Fox News. Law enforcement officials were yelling over a bullhorn that you are under arrest, hands in the air at the residence connected to Robert Card. Uh, we would like to speak to you. Walk to the front of the truck with nothing in your hands. We want to do this safely for you and everyone else. You could hear the law enforcement uh, official yelling. Come out with your hands in the air and walk towards the front of the driveway. Again, you are under arrest. Please come out of the house now. A f- uh, officer specifically shouted his name, and the Maine State Police put out a Facebook post shortly after stating they don't know if Card was inside the residence. But I guess they were treating it as if he was. Let's um, put up the screen here, Aaron, and let's take a little listen to this if we can. Is that, do you think, 
So you can hear him saying, walk outside, put your hands out. Yeah. And, and he went from a person of interest uh, overnight to suspect. So they upgraded, uh, you know, of course, his designation as they look to try and uh, corral this guy and, and place him under arrest, um, you know, and put an end to this thing. Uh, uh, if you still don't feel safe there, Slick Rick, guess what? You're, you're not alone. Check out this story, which is uh, kind of head-scratching as a uh, 16-year-old boy um from oklahoma was jailed for 50 years as he terrorized victims of a baby-faced gangster who shot a little girl in the neck um and of course now the community's breathing a sigh of relief noah nay was sentenced as an adult for the 2022 shooting after the court was told he knows the difference between right and wrong but has no amenability or to treatment uh, the four foot nine inch gunman was jailed on Monday, two months after he mounted a daring escape from a Tulsa juvenile detention center. Uh, you know, let's face it, this guy's got uh, this guy's got bars in his future for for the rest of his life now, uh, where he had assaulted staff, flooded his cell, and smeared feces on the walls. I have treatment records um, in a packet thicker than a dictionary showing treatment attempts that he rejected by escaping or assaulting staff that were there to help him. According to the assistant Tulsa County DA, Morgan Metters, Nay already had a criminal record stretching back to his middle school years when he shot a five-year-old girl in April last year. And what the court heard was an initiation into the town's Hoover Cribs gang. I mean, look at this. I don't know if you can see this face here. It's like, Rick, this this kid is a, he's a baby face. Yeah. Um, just amazing. She was playing tell. inside her home. The young girl was playing inside her home uh, when he drove by in a stolen car huh, and fired the gun at the house, hitting her in the neck and the shoulder. Oh, there are multiple people in the line of fire during the drive-by shooting, according to Metters, as he addressed the uh, Tulsa District Court. The five-year-old was transported to a hospital because of the severity of her injuries and the difference of an inch or two in the penetrating gunshot wounds of the child could have resulted in death. So, uh... You know, they say sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, in j- jail is better. I think in this case, it's uh, it's the right right way to go with this. Something um, <clears throat> something's going on at Texas Tech University. Um, they put up a post tonight from the university themselves. This is an emergency notification from Texas Tech University: an immediate evacuation of Holden Hall in the immediate area on the Texas Tech campus in Lubbock is required. Avoid the area until further notice. Updates to come. For more information, go to emergency.texastechuniversity.edu. That's all they said. This was at uh, 8.05 tonight. Mm -hmm. There's been no other updates since that post, so we'll keep an eye on that as well and other breaking news around the country. Um... All right, we'll do some more news with Delgado here in a second, and we'll keep track of all these uh, moving stories that are going on. But David Zier's here as well. Of course, Breaking Point, 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. We already talked about what's coming up on this fine show this Saturday. Yep. But what else is uh, going on? Well, there's a lot going on. Ben Burkwam had another post today from Oscar L. Blue at the Tijuana Airport, and they're reporting that there's a lot of people coming in from Syria and Afghanistan making their way to Tijuana, eventually into the United States. 
Um, so crazy. DHS supposed to protect us, and they're not protecting Americans. Um, very, very sad uh, what's going on here. <clears throat> but I wanted to follow up on Rick's story from the other night about New York's massive exodus. You know, New York lost about 10% of the population since 2012. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, these are business owners leaving and, and young people. These aren't, you know... Uh, it's, it's very hard to stay here. Uh, but California has a similar situation. Now, the numbers aren't as extreme in California, uh, but they lost 2.3 million people in a, a state of about 40 million people since 2012. And they're up. The California departures to Texas for the second year in a row are over 100,000 people have left California just for Texas. And their um, population loss is up a staggering 44% this year in California alone. So I think things are coming home to roost for Newsom, you know, who could be on the political scene nationally soon. How ridiculous is it that he's in China? I mean, he's there brushing up on his (laughs) communism, maybe. But I mean, does anyone think that Xi Jinping would ever come to the United States to go see him in California. So why is he there? Who because cares? Maybe Biden administration cut a deal knowing Biden won't be around and mm-hmm. he's a potential contender for VP or president next year and they want to show statesmanship. Okay. That's, that's statesmanship that's, or uh, well, their version the of statesmanship. You know, let's so. face it. He, he's the next one. It's like, all right, uh, we're going to we're, we're going to let this guy come in. Uh, go, go meet your your master, basically. Uh, the way yeah. I saw it was um, Gavin Newsom had to go there because Xi Jinping ain't coming here to meet him. Right. He's got to go there and meet him because he's the uh, Xi is in charge mm-hmm. and Gavin Newsom knows it. Yeah. And Trump got uh, Xi to the White House, didn't he? Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, all of this is planned. And now, you know, with this gun situation, whether, you know. Uh, it's tragic and it's very tragic, but it takes the attention off of Biden playing middle of the road in Israel and getting us into World War Three potentially, um, you know, by playing both sides of the fence. And this will be their new thing. Watch the Senate. They'll they'll put gun control legislation forth soon. Mm. Um all right, what else is going on, David? Anything else in the news right now you want to cover? Um, just that uh, tomorrow morning at about 845, I'll be on American Sunrise about the Cooper Union situation where uh, pro-Israel, pro-Palestinian, uh, the Palestinian uh, supporters got you know pretty violent, and the parents want the uh, you know, teach a small college, only about 1,000 kids in New York. Um, mostly 75% are engineers and architects, but um, they're very liberal. And uh, people on the, uh, on the Jewish side uh, want the uh, dean to resign. So follow that American Sunrise tomorrow. <clears throat> John, um, John Podoritz, who's been a columnist at the New York Post for a while, has a, has a piece today. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have seen this in the news today about this weekend, specifically Saturday in New York City. But he writes, the, the, the headline of the article is, rather than protecting the Jews, we're once again being told to hide. Have you guys seen this today? No. The no. New York City police saying we're not going to be able to protect you? A day after Jewish college kids, like David just said, found it necessary to barricade themselves inside a library in the center of Greenwich Village while a mob of repugnant terrorist lovers banged on the locked doors trying to get at them. The message is being broadcast that on this Sabbath, Jews in Brooklyn had better remain at home, stay inside, lock the doors. Hmm. There's a pro-Palestinian protest scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in the front of the Brooklyn Museum. That's a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway, the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox secular in the world. 
Uh, roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights. Jews, sh- Jews should definitely avoid the area, quote-unquote. An ultra-Orthodox news site called collive.com said a security source had advised them. There's no intel at this time in which direction the protests will head. Locals should definitely stay away from Eastern Parkway in that area. The Jews of Brooklyn feel they are at risk, and this is the implicit corollary. They cannot be protected. On the Sabbath, observant Jews do not use electricity or vehicles or screens of any kind. To pass the time on a Sabbath afternoon, they often go for a long walk. Well, not this weekend. As the security source said, after all, who knows which direction the mob will go. Better for the Jews to stay inside. Just as it became a matter of life and death for them to stay inside back in 1991 in the very same neighborhood. What everyone is afraid of is a repeat of August 1991. In Crown Heights that year, a three-day anti-Jewish riot followed a tragic automobile accident that took the life of a seven-year-old black child after he was hit by a car being driven by a Hasidic Jew. Not only were 38 Jews beaten, seven Jewish-owned businesses were looted and burned to the ground. Yankel Rosenbaum? That's correct. Smashing his skull and stabbing him. So that's disturbing. I'll finish this from John Pederitz in a second, uh, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Studio 6B13 to the hour. So just finished this, what's going on in Brooklyn on Saturday, New York City. And David Zier was absolutely right. That is the story of uh, Yankel Rosenbaum. Uh, Let's go get a Jew, the mob chanted back in 1991. And they did. They murdered the Australian doctoral student, stabbing him and smashing in his skull. At Cooper Union in Greenwich Village on Wednesday, the kids barricaded inside for their own safety, saw members of the pro-terror mob glaring at them through glass doors. Those kids heard taunts from outside, and they knew, as every Jew knows, down to our multi-millennial marrow, that any of them at any moment could be Yankel Rosenbaum. Stay inside. Bar the doors. Why do you think the marchers are meeting near Crown Heights anyways? This is why. Their purpose isn't to call for a ceasefire or to advocate for the Palestinian people. Their purpose is to make it known what October 7th, made known there will be no peace or security for any jew anywhere in the world if they get their way and rather than feeling certain the nypd will protect them they are learning the lessons american jews have almost never felt the need to learn stay inside mind the mob the monsters are here hide that's what happened in 1991 For two days after the car accident, the cops did almost nothing except stand by due to the orders of a feckless and foolish mayor and his spineless police commissioner at the time. Unless that is, they tried to intervene to help people and were beaten themselves. More than 100 police officers were injured during that. In the end, thousands of cops were finally committed to the effort and the riot ended. 
So eventually, did the feckless mayor's career. In 2023, three weeks after the Jews in Israel were set upon by marauders who martyred 1,400 and injured nearly three times that many, in cities around the world and now in New York, the Jews outside Israel are under attack as never before seen in recent history. Rather than finding themselves protected as never before, no, they must now stay inside. Like Anne Frank, trapped for two years in an attic because any outdoor public breath would mean capture and death. And captured anyways because someone in the house below the attic ratted the Frank family out. Stay inside. That was at a time of uh, no leadership in New York. And Lemrick Nelson stabbed Yankel Rosenbaum, you know, um, after Gavin Cato was run over by accident by Yankel. And John uh, says, in my 62 years of life, I have thought every day of the blessing America has been to the Jewish people, a blessing unlike any my people have ever known. And this, the most Jewish city in the world outside of Israel, has been a blessing as well. At this moment, though, the Jews had better hide. I cannot tell you how terrifying this weekend will be. That New change? York Post today. That's just change? crazy to hear. It's cra crazy to hear. It is sick. Just go back 20 years in New York, you know, especially when Giuliani came in in 94. You know, you everything, you know, you couldn't be an anti-Semite and not get called out in New York City by the press, by Hollywood. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's okay. Like, that's a, that's it's crazy. Acceptable. And I've said this before. Yeah, may, maybe Hitler did lose, but I think the Nazis may have won. We have imported this this type of thinking and let it run wild. We imported it. Yeah, we imported it. We brought it in purposely and under the, the guise of under the guise of oh we're going we're going to take yeah. their technology we're going to do this we're going to do that. Uh, you brought you brought this poison into this country and then you let it let it kind of simmer underneath all these last decades yeah. and and th these are the chickens that are coming home to roost. I mean, out of Skokie, Illinois, of all places. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, one? sure. Over the weekend, the Jews got assaulted. Melee unfolded Sunday outside of a Solidarity with Israel event organized by the regional office of Simon Weisenthal Center. The event held uh, a kosher uh, attracted about a thousand people. It was intended to show support for Israel in the aftermath of, the, of October seventh. About two hundred protesters staged a pro-Palestinian rally in in response. And police from nearby arrested a man who they said fired a shot after being confronted by numerous individuals. The man who police said had a license to carry a gun was later released without being charged and police didn't provide his name. The person was seen being uh, a person was seen being beaten to the ground in a video that got thousands of views on social media and was identified as Peter Kristoff. Uh, a staff member for the pro-MAGA Christian nationalist group Turning Point USA. You notice how they uh, they call it a nationalist group. Pro-MAGA uh, Christian nationalist group Turning Point USA. They can't just say the guy from Turning Point USA. They've got to use all these uh, adjectives <laughs> to make it seem Always. like, oh, my yeah. goodness, these Always. people are lunatics. Yeah, gin it up. Well, Meanwhile, go... he was attacked by Hamas protest, pro-Hamas protesters. Yeah. So tell me, who, who's the violent one? Well, in 1977, it was, I think, Skokie, Illinois versus the Nazis. And I think the Nazis won. They had ACLU protection that they had the right to march through the streets. Remember the famous yeah. line in the, in the Blues Brothers, uh, Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis, yeah. right? But, <laughs> you know, um, like, That's it's so blast. weird. You know, we're always told that, you know, like one of the taglines of my show is like, we're tired of being told we're the bad people for being the good people. And we're always told we're racist, we're anti-Semites, we're white supremacists. 
supremacist. And like, it's just not what's going on. No. And, and yeah, in Skokie, Illinois, they're, they're actually allowed to, uh, <laughs> to display swastikas yeah. because of that, that ruling. It's insane. Yeah. Anyhow. <clears throat> Anyhow, so lots going on. We'll keep track of it, obviously. Uh, just before we hit the top of the hour, let's just change gears here. for Well, actually, let's do sports. Then we'll get into this next thing. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B when you shop there. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, well, we'll give you an update on that Thursday night football. Tampa with a big stop at the one-yard line on Buffalo. Buffalo does not get in, but they do lead 3 nothing in uh, second quarter just underway. So we're, uh, we're getting there, but we're not quite there just yet. And uh, well, this just in. This is some story. Um, it, hold on, let me get to that hold real quick, Big D. Uh, well, we got to talk about this one. Uh, Eventbrite cancels Riley Gaines protecting women's sports, claims her women's sports event is discriminatory. Protecting women's sports activist and former NCAA champion swimmer Riley Gaines was informed that ticket service Eventbrite has canceled her event page because the event promulgates hate and discrimination. On Wednesday, Gaines took to her ex-account to inform supporters that Eventbrite canceled her ticket service for her protecting women's sports with Riley Gaines' event scheduled for November 3rd at the University of California. <laughs> Newsflash, Gaines wrote to Eventbrite, being a woman and advocating for such isn't a hate crime. She also noted, I love all the people in my comments saying they've delegated their uh, they deleted their event bright count. Give them the Bud Light treatment. Event uh, bright claimed they were canceling Gaines' event because she advocated for discrimination. We have determined that your event is not permitted on the event bright marketplace as it violates our community guidelines in terms of service, which all users agree to comply. Specifically, we do not allow content or events that through, on, or off the platform activity discriminate against, harass, disparage, threaten, incite violence against, or otherwise target individuals or groups based on their actual perceived race, ethnicity, Religion, national origin, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the stance that advocating for biological women is discrimination and hate, as far as Eventbrite is concerned, is not surprising since over the years the company has repeatedly canceled and eliminated events for women who speak in favor of biological gender ideas. So obviously, Riley Gaines trying to have a conference with, for women to talk about this. And, uh, you know, they sell their tickets on Eventbrite. It's easy. It doesn't cost anything or next to nothing. And, uh, well, she got canceled on Eventbrite. Nice, yeah. huh? So there's another company you're going to love to uh, love to do. I haven't seen with. all the, f- the back and forth, but I. I saw that Clay Travis was going back and forth with somebody from Eventbrite um, talking about the Eventbrite standards of who they support. And I I didn't read every back and forth, but I did see that he was pretty heated going back and forth with someone from Eventbrite. I haven't read it all. They've canceled events that I was behind. Yeah. Wow. Right. And the story I want to get to that. I don't blame him for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Story that broke early tonight. I'll get to the next thing. Northwestern State cancels football season after players' tragic death. I'll get to that. That broke just a few minutes ago. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. You know, we're speaking about, um, just came across this tweet. I mean, and this is from Dr. Eli David, who, um, just, just take a look at this. I would say, Jews what? not allowed. And as he says, this is not Germany of 1938. This is <laughs> Turkey of 2023. Well, oh, Turkey. Turkey, yeah. Yeah. So mm. there you go. It's another country. All right, let's, uh, let's hit the break. We'll come back with some more news. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night.
Hour 2 live from Studio 6P on a Thursday night, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're a part of the show. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. More news from David Zier as well. Aaron and Fran holding it down. Lots to get to here in Hour 2. And let's start Hour 2. I was going to start Hour 1 with this, but we went in a different direction. But let's start Hour 2 with the first news I saw today when I woke up. And it's just one of those head scratchers. Uh, that you just you just want to hit, hit your head with a naked 2 a.m. hammer fight club because you just, I mean, talk about stepping on rakes. Here we go again. And it's like, you know, we, this, we had a chance to get rid of all these people, McDaniel, McCarthy, uh, McConnell, all of them. And they're all back, and they've all proven to be that we should have got rid of them when we could have. And Rona McDaniel again, and I see this headline. Make sense of this for me, please, someone. Lester Holt, Kristen Welker, and Hugh Hewitt to moderate the third GOP debate. <laughs> GOP? Are you sure? The three will take the stage at the Adrian R. Center for the Performing Arts in Miami on November 8th. NBC's Lester Holt, NBC's Kristen Welker. Ugh. And... um. Hugh Hewitt, who's, I think, more more uh, center left by the day on his radio show. Now, just, exp- I mean, I know nobody cares because Trump's not going to be there or whatever with these debates. But just explain to me why the Republican Party under her and the, and and they continue to do this. Uh, do they think this is like suave? Do they think this is cool? Like, hey, look at what we can do. Like, what do they think? We had Kristen Welker in the presidential debates last year, if you remember, what she was like as Biden sat there lying after lying after lying. I mean, all they do is sit there and act like the uh, another arm of the Democrat Party, right? That they they end up debating the debaters. Yeah, yeah. They talk too much. They don't let them answer. Listen, I love Dateline. I love Let's Hope on Dateline, <clears throat> but um, it's a pack of libs, and that's okay. But if what, they ask good questions, but they probably won't. But what is the point of it? Why do they they, they continue to think that they want to be liked by these people? Is that what it is? They think they think they're going to change. They think they're going to get something different this time. Like, and then we are the ones who end up paying the price because we get nothing out of it. And again, I know some of you, most of you aren't going to watch it because Trump's not there, and that's fine. But there's still a lot of people who want to hear these guys talk about the issues. And all you're going to get is the issues from their perspective. You're going to get questions on climate change, and you're going to get questions on all this nonsense. And like, and like Rick says, all they're going to do is they're going to give you their perspective ideology well aldomato's uh, campaign manager arthur finkelstein always used to tell him don't go after the left and try to capture the vote they're never going to vote for you anyway you know uh, right that's the point i don't get what is the point of having these three i mean hugh hewitt i guess you can make some argument for it. he's not he's not but the ho- the new host of meet the press who's i i don't, I, I don't know how, how long the show's going to last with her hosting it it's so terrible <laughs> she was horrible in the in the presidential debates and Lester Holt, I mean, what could we possibly expect from this? But even if – I just don't get the RNC. I really don't. 
Well, I, it's I, like I, they just want to shoot themselves in the foot all the time. I, I think it's what you said earlier, that, that they actually think that, well, if we do this with them, they'll like us. No, they're not going to like you. They, they hate you. <laughs> and the fact that you will walk into their house and let them crap all over you and think, well, now we're friends. No, that's, that's not the way this works. That's not how any of this works. That's the whole, I don't know how yeah. they don't they don't understand this yet. That's the no. that's the crazy part. It's like you 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 know the outcome before you go in. Why would you bother? There's yeah, but, going to be no discussion on any issues that mean anything to you. And if anything, they're gonna they're gonna look for gotcha lines. That's all this is. They want gotcha lines. Look how racist they are. Look, they want to kill grandma yeah. again. Look how they're going to cut social oh, Everything that you've worked, they're going to take it away from you because they're greedy Republicans. Yeah. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> yep. So Lester Holt was a Republican in 2016. No, he wasn't. That's what a registered Republican, I think. That's yeah. Right. And he supposedly dropped it in 2018. So was James Comey. <laughs> yeah. So Just is Chris Ray. Yeah, and Chris Christie. And um, the guy at the Fed, supposedly, too, is spending us into oblivion. So, um, so yeah, I don't get that. Now, the other thing that we should talk about that I don't get is the GDP numbers that everybody thinks, oh, look at this. Oh, the economy is growing. For, what was it, 4.9%? <laughs> yeah, sure. 4.9% they came out today. Uh, EJ Antonio, Antoni, I believe it's pronounced, who's just fantastic when breaking this stuff down. Um, breaks it down. And he says, you want a plain English thread on the latest GDP numbers and why this is totally unsustainable and why, by the way, inflation's not dead at all. Well, here it is. Real GDP jumped 4.9%, they tell us, in the third quarter. But what's fueling the rise versus what's not growing speaks volumes about the economy's trajectory. The key driver of the economy's growth, real private fixed investment, has been flat since Q1 of 22. The residential side is even worse with real private investment that remains uh, remaining below pre-pandemic levels, signaling housing market shortages are going to continue. If fixed investments, like factories and machines, etc., had almost no growth last quarter, where'd the investment surge come from? Inventories? Firms stocked up to avoid future price increases. That's where. Which contributed a whopping 1.32 percentage points to GDP, or 27% of the Q3 growth. Inventories. So that adds to today's GDP, but, but subtracts from tomorrow and doesn't add to the long-run growth, kind of like government spending, which accounted for almost one-fifth of economic growth last quarter and is growing faster than consumer spending and has been for the last five quarters. But it's good that consumer spending is growing fast, right? Well, not in this case, because the rise in real spending – is fueled by depletion of savings and going into debt. Once again, this is not sustainable. Real disposable income fell again last quarter, and inflation is certainly not dead, not by a long shot. 
The price index for GDP doubled from the previous quarter, 3.5% to versus 1.7% back then, pre-pandemic. That's the highest rate since 2007. This GDP report is a classic case of short but unsustainable burst in economic growth. Indicators still pointing to big downturns next year and the exploding federal deficit is going to compound that problem. Treasury already borrowed $500 billion this month alone. Buckle up. So once again, not everything is what, um, what it seems when it comes to these numbers. Never is, is it? Nope. <laughs> no, it is not. Never. Ay, caramba. I am not looking forward to what's coming next year. I mean, again, we've talked about this so many times on this um, show that, you know, economics, the numbers work until they don't work. And I, I don't know at what point do these people who work in the government think that this is not sustainable as they keep getting asked at $33.5 trillion of fiscal operating debt, $200 trillion of unfunded liabilities. And they go, well, we don't think it's, you know, we think it's, we don't think we're on an unsustainable path yet. We think we can do it. It's like it's like it's like Treasury. It's like Janet Yellen asked about: Are we able to fund all these, you know, what we need to fund and still fund proxy wars? And oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we can still do it. Really? You know, this is why again, this is why Paul Nolan always talked about all these wars are banker wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if and if we don't end fiat money here. And not end it because we want a CBDC, because that's the last thing we want. But end fiat money, you end forever wars. At least that's what J.B. Shirk says in his very fine piece today in The American Thinker. So um, if we'll have time, we'll get to that. Let's do some more news, Rick Delgado. Any updates on anything in Maine? I, I see these headlines of them you know, going, and we, we played the video of them. Right. That's his house. That's one, one of the properties associated with what the, where this guy could be living or could have been living. What do you think tipped him off to think, well, maybe the guy just went home? Does that, I mean, does that seem plausible? <laughs> it seems kind of weird. Because well, it, it is weird when you think about it, but then it kind of makes sense because once, once you're – and it's called the fog of war, and this is uh, – Bongino talks about this a lot, you know, where you start to – you get kind of caught up and, and then you start to react. I guess maybe in his mind and a lot of people's minds, you know, what's going to be more comfortable? Someplace they know. They know that area. He lives in that area, so he knows that area. If he ventures outside of that area, he don't know what, it, what he's in for, right? But at least he has properties well. he could go to. And again, this is this is that comfortability factor that people uh, they somehow they always remain in. Look at a, a, a fugitive when Tommy Lee Jones was hunting down Harrison Ford. What happened? He came, Harrison Ford came right back to the hospital. He came right back to the guy who screwed him, and it was in the same area in Chicago. He found him in the same area. He was in the same area where the crime happened. But this guy had you know, military training, was survivalist type hunter. You know, you'd think he would um, be. You would think more evasive. So. Maybe but, he just wants to get caught. He knows it's over. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or, or maybe, you know what? Maybe he's off himself. That's why <laughs> uh, they can't find him. They have death penalty in Maine or no? Probably not. Probably. No, probably not. I'm sure they don't. Anyhow, uh, changing gears over to Washington, D.C., another very safe city. Uh, surveillance footage confirms that Jamal Bowman removed emergency signs. Have you seen the video? Before pulling the alarm. 
Yeah, newly released footage confirms that Representative Jamal Bowman, the disgrace out of New York, threw emergency warning signs to the ground before pulling a House office building fire alarm in September, as first reported exclusively by Breitbart News the day of the crime. The footage shows Bowman fleeing the scene immediately after. I thought he said he was just trying to open the door. Uh, he immediately uh, he pulls the, pulls the alarm signs down, pulls the alarm, and then immediately uh, flees the scene without even attempting to open the door. And you can see that on this footage. Bowen, Bowen earlier claimed that he pulled the Cannon House office building alarm thinking it would open the door, insisting he was just trying to make a vote at the Capitol building there, Damon, before it got closed. Yeah, that doesn't look like someone. That looks like someone who goes over and goes, uh, all, right, look. all right, let me take this one. I'll look, knock this one this down, and then ground. I'll hit this, and then <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out. Yeah. I choose not to see these signs. Yes. Yep. I choose to take one. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Yeah, so and this guy cuts a deal for what, like a thousand dollar repayment or something? And well, that's what he wants to. Do. He wants them all expunged off his record once right. he makes the payment. That's what he wants to do. We'll see what happens. That's not the standard. I think we we know yeah. right now for these kind of things, disrupting a proceeding. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought you're supposed to end up in a gulag for three. That's years what I thought you a, before you get a court date. All right, more news and sports coming up right after this. about our friends over at My Patriot Supply. You know, it's clear that the unthinkable is here with the recent media distractions. Most folks never saw it coming, but some did. Their gut told them something was wrong and the headlines are proving them right. Our so-called trusted institutions tell you not to worry that everything's fine, but you know better. Self-reliance doesn't happen overnight. You have to start somewhere. Well, you can start with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness company, is more than equipped to stock your shelves. Ditch the canned vegetables and box pastas. Their best-selling three-month food kit provides delicious breakfast, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years. These meals offer over 2,000 calories every day with a balance of protein and carbs to keep you fed and ready in an event of an emergency. Just add water and heat, then eat. Start and strengthen your food supply with a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Visit preparewithrav.com. Preparewithrav.com to get ready. Order now for fast and free shipping as well. Preparewithrav.com. Go check it out right now. Three-month emergency food kit. Preparewithrav.com. Well, I've been telling you about the EnviroCleanse here, the home air purifier so powerful the U.S. Navy chose it to purify the air on the Navy ships. Now EnviroCleanse is extending their sales for the LFS-6B listeners and audience. And the timing of this 30% off sale couldn't be better because you know what it is. It's officially cold and flu season. And now the new COVID strain is out. EnviroCleanse is proven to capture and destroy flu and COVID viruses in your home, plus bacteria, toxins, mold, and allergens. EnviroCleanse is how you fight back against the entire family while getting sick. And you don't want them getting sick at all at the same time, I can tell you that. 
In fact, EnviroCleanse is the only home air purifier that promises you and your family better health. And it makes that promise by helping clean your home of cold, flu, and COVID viruses. That's why I have an EnviroCleanse in my house. And of course, we have one right here at the studio, the new science in home air purification. Don't miss this 30% off sale. Order your EnviroCleanse home air purifier while supplies last. Go now. Visit ekpure.com. Use code AMERICA30. That's ekpure.com. Code AMERICA30. E-K-PURE. All one word. .com. Use code AMERICA30 for your 30% off your EnviroCleanse. All right. 19 past the hour. Live from Studio 6B. Uh, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code if you're going to shop there when your holiday shopping's ramping up. And, of course, working on that Slick Rick calendar. We may be giving that away in November and Woo! December as a bonus for using our code at um, MyPillow. Uh, we'll see if we're going to do that. Me and Slick Rick will go into heavy negotiations to figure out whether we want to do that or not. We yeah. want to... <laughs> Then we, can we print up enough calendars? <laughs> Whatever helps question. the show, Big oh, D. Okay. Whatever helps the show. We'll see. So, yeah. man. What's going on in sports, Slick? Well, you know what? I think uh, Tampa Ward got to their locker room that Aaron and I were on uh, Buffalo tonight, <laughs> and they've decided to come out and play football. Baker Mayfield looks like the second coming of Joe Montana tonight. Unbelievable. But here goes the Bills right down the field. We'll see what happens. But 10-10, good game. Six and a half, six and a half to go there in the second quarter up in Buffalo, Big D. What a game. Boy, what you guys playing? Said you got to win by more than 10? <laughs> we got to win by more than 10. Yeah. Okay. So, I know. It's, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye. I think they're gonna. I think still think they're gonna roll it. There's plenty I think, of, I think plenty some, of game. I boys. think some of the chat has now decided to start um, going the opposite of what you and Aaron agree on. When you guys agree on a game, it's yeah. almost a kiss of death. Yeah, I so. think uh, KS Man in the chat says, uh, "Thank you. I'll put all my money on Tampa." He I actually put it. He put his entire home on. The we game may be tonight. making millionaires here by <laughs> well, the end, end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Ah uh, man, we're gonna we, we're gonna have a big odds maker this weekend. Don't worry, odds makers tomorrow night. Don't forget, we'll be on uh, that. Okay. And uh, let's get to some other scores. NHL action: The Bruins over the Ducks, three to one in the third. Also in the third, the Canadians and Blue Jackets nodded at three. Jets over the Red Wings, three one, and the uh, Lightning all over the Sharks, six nothing. Six minutes to go there in the third. Also in the third, Penguins blanking the Avalanche. Look out, the Avalanche in danger of losing their first game this season, and they're cracking over the Hurricanes, two to one, ten to go there in the third. Flyers blanking the Wild, three nothing. End of two in the second. We got a good one. Senators came back down. Two and tied the Islanders in U Bailey Score Arena, UBS Arena. That would be in beautiful Long Island. There, what is that? Belmont, Elmont, and uh, we got the Maple Leafs over the Stars, one nothing in the second. No score, f- Blues and Flames. Rangers, Rick's Rangers taking on the Oilers tonight. That game is delayed. Don't ask me why, but they saying it's delayed. And uh, well, let's get to this story here. UFC Chief Dana White. Rips dummies upset over sponsorship deal with Bud Light. Now, we started this conversation last night about a lot of folks were upset with uh, UFC getting in bed with Bud Light. Well, the, the president in chief was out today of the UFC, letting everybody have it. Warner Todd Houston and Breitbart. UFC chief uh, Dana White ripped into fans upset that he has signed a $100 million sponsorship deal with transgender agenda-pushing Bud Light, the beer brand that suffered serious financial loss after teaming with over-the-top trans activist and TikTok star, the legendary Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, This week, UFC announced Tuesday that it had chosen Bud Light to sponsor its programs for the next six years with a $100 million deal. Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light were UFC's original beer sponsors more than 15 years ago. I'm proud to announce... 
We are back in business today. Together, White said in a statement Tuesday, there are many reasons why I chose to go with Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. Most importantly, because I feel we are very aligned when it comes to our core values and what the UFC brand stands for. I'm looking forward to all the incredible things we will do in the years ahead, White explained. But fans immediately weighed into trash uh, Dana White for uh, giving Bud Light a spotlight as his new UFC partner. Many felt that White was a sellout and that the deal was a slap in the face to all the UFC fans. Many voices were call- calling for a boycott of UFC. Didn't he get in trouble for slapping his wife in, in the face uh, over the summer? Was that, that was him, right? Yeah. Interesting choice of words there. Asked about the growing controversy over his choice, White struck back characterizing critical fans as dummies, bleeps, and bleeping stupid. Of course, I had to clean that up because he's got a mouth that uh, I think his mother washed his mouth out with hot peppers from the time he was three. Asked about the growing controversy, uh, White added uh, into the naysayers during his comments after a power stop five on Wednesday, TMZ reported. White scoffed at the dummies who said his new sponsorship deal is about the money by noting that, of course, all sponsorship deals are about the money. He also blasted those who seemed to think making a deal with Bud Light was a last resort, and he said it was a bleeping stupid to think that uh, Bud Light was the only brand to step up and bid for a sponsorship. Everybody on every side of this deal that were involved, other beer companies and everything else, absolutely positively knows that this was not about money. For me, White said, we're going to end up with money no matter who we ended up with. He then reiterated that he signed on the Anheuser-Busch because the company's values align with his own. See, he's got he's, that's how he's choosing his words. He wanted to say AB and Bud Light have given millions to families of fallen police officers and soldiers and is a huge supporter of American farmers and that they have done more on these issues than any other beer brand. White also took aim at those who claimed that he was reading a script about the wonderfulness of Anheuser-Busch. I saw some other bleeping bleep today. Oh, it sounds like they wrote him a script on that on what to say. Nobody writes me a script. Nobody tells me what to say ever. Man's very strong, you know. Uh, While it's uh, that AB InBev uh, has been a big supporter of the causes that White mentioned, they have also put even more money into the hands of radical LGBTQ activists who are spreading their agenda throughout schools and aiming their activism directly at America's children, and they have done this for decades. Teaming with cartoonist trans activist Dylan Mulvaney was just one of the last straws for many beer drinkers. That short-lived air campaign sent Bud Light falling from the top slot, and of course we've talked about this ad nauseum with Bud Light now they fell. But bottom line is big Big D. Uh, lot, it's a very a lot of mix. And a lot of folks, what we saw with uh, Jason Whitlock had to say last night, he, he sided with Dana White. I know you side with Dana White. A lot of folks don't. They don't like it. Uh, I thought Andrea Weiberg actually made some good points today in her piece about this, saying that Dana White said recently in an interview, I think it was today, that he said, you know, how long can you torture someone? And she said, you know, I think Dana... Uh, is right about the virtue of forgiveness, but she also says that he should remember the virtues of forgiveness, of remorse, and repentance, something that you have not seen Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch do for their massive market miscalculation, and that the American people shouldn't forgive them since they haven't asked for it. So I think there's fair points on both sides. I thought Jason Whitlock made some fair points yesterday as well. Yeah, uh, it's con- definitely not about the money. Guy's worth four billion personally in the. Co- I mean, the, it's not about the money. They probably had ten companies that would have spent the same money. What does he play? Five thousand dollar blackjack hands. <laughs> More like thirty-five. <laughs> oh, thirty-five. Excuse me. That's yeah. right. What do I know? Chump change. All right, we'll do some more news with David Zier and Rick Delgado coming up live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night.
Hi, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice on a thir- it's Thursday night, right? Correct. Thursday, Thursday night, Slick Rick is here. He's got sports. He's got one more uh, sports update before the night is over. David Zier is here. Damon is uh, somewhere. I don't know. Uh, where, where, did, where did Sasquatch uh, wander off to? anyhow hey uh david i know you had a couple stories you wanted to make sure we get to let's jump over to you what do you got for us mr zia uh well you know the aclu i guess uh sometimes they're uh, you know on the right side um they said that trump's gag order uh that uh, chutkin put in against trump was unconstitutional and uh just to quote them the obvious and unprecedented public interest in this prosecution as well as the widespread political speech that it has generated and will continue to generate only underscores the need to apply the most stringent first amendment standard to restrain on a defendant's speech rights so i thought that was good um but i got this other story here uh which is really interesting um cars electric cars i got some stats for you take about a minute all All right? right um Despite massive incentives, and this is according to the Texas Policy Public Policy Institute, just came out, go look it up, the Texas Public Policy Institute on EVs, electric vehicles, uh, majority Americans who cannot absorb the higher cost with on-sold EVs, and the Ford Motor Company is losing over $70,000 on each EV it currently sells. Wow. And the average model year in 2021 would cost $48,700 more to own over a 10-year period without the $22 billion in government favors given to the, uh, you know, for incentives. Uh, $48,700 more. And the EV advocates claim the cost of electricity is only $1.21 per gallon. But you have to add $1.38 per gallon on top of that um, because of the uh, 10-year cost and uh, over 120,000 miles. And when you add the subsidies to the true cost of fueling an electric vehicle, it equates to an EV owner paying $17.33 per gallon of gasoline. And this does not include the hundreds of billions of dollars that was put into the Inflation Reduction Act which we know is a climate change bill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, they're talk, touting the benefits of hybrid because one electric vehicle battery can power 90 hybrid because it's a smaller battery, right. hybrid vehicles, which is probably smart. I have a hybrid Explorer, and when it runs on the brakes when you're uh, on local traveling. It adds about 10% to your mileage, mm-hmm. but that's it. You know, but it's not, I don't have to charge it, you know. Um, and uh, the uh, EV batteries and the hybrids will reduce emissions 37 times over their lifetime. However, um, what happens is... Uh, you know, in the end, uh, it costs way more than wind and solar generation, uh, and uh, it's just not worth it, uh, this whole endeavor. It's all filled with subsidies and a lot of baloney, costing an actual $17.33 a gallon. Well, yeah, a- anytime you need the government to help you uh, make a profit means you don't have a good product that that's worthy of making a profit, right? Yep. Because if you just put it out there and say, okay, we're going to sell electric cars, here's our cost, Uh, here's what it's going to cost you, the consumer, Uh, without a government subsidy, no one would be buying these cars. Because even the the cheapest Tesla is still $40,000. And weren't the Priuses, when they first came out, cheap? Weren't they They cheap? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were were in the mid-20s. So a lot of young people bought them. Yep. Um, That's true. So anyway, yeah. But but it's been my experience, people that, that... 
bought these Priuses, and, and I encountered a bunch when I lived uh, uh, in California, uh, are some of the worst drivers in the world. <laughs> like, like, literally the worst drivers. It's like, what are you doing? You, ha- you have a little boxy, you know, Toyota Prius, and you're running people over. You, you don't understand the rules of the road. It's almost like, it's almost like they lost all, all knowledge of proper driving. Yeah, and there's always like a John Kerry 04 sticker on the back. Right. Meanwhile, he's <laughs> around in his Learjet. Yes, that is true. I've yeah. seen Obama, notes. Biden. I've seen those. <laughs> Anything else there, David? No. All right. Hey, uh, uh, jumping back good. on what you were talking about, the uh, ACLU with uh, Trump yeah. and his uh, and the gag order. Check this out. This is uh, coming from the Washington Post of all places. Special counsel urges the judge to crack down further on Trump's comments. Yes, Jack Smith, special counsel, argued in new court filings. Uh, that recent comments by Donald Trump really hurt and, and uh, that the federal uh, gag order should be reimposed. And if uh, if he doesn't stop, it should include sending him to jail if he keeps talking about the case. That's a new story. It just came out tonight, right? <laughs> no, it came out yes, last uh, night. Because there's another story tonight that um, Jack Smith wants to um, put the gag order back in effect because of his targeting Mark Meadows. Oh, now, now it's because uh. he's talking about Mark Meadows. Yeah, I guess it's evolved. So, Crazy. amazing. It, it, poor guy can't take it. Meanwhile, Trump, what he said about Mark Meadows wasn't that bad. I read the quote before. And it was just, uh, uh, you want to talk about the uh, the new Speaker of the House? Of course you do. Louisiana Senators, believe it or not, are very excited about Mike Johnson uh, being from their state and his ascension to Speaker. This coming from, of all places, Politico. Uh, let's see, Louisiana Senators Bill Cassidy and John Kennedy had nothing but warm words for the new speaker, Mike Johnson, and know their state is in the powerful is in a powerful position with Steve Scalise uh, retaining the second spot in the House leadership table as well. Of uh, of Mike Johnson, Kennedy told Politico, he says he's extremely smart. He plays well with others. He gets along with everybody. He has a really great worth ethic. He's very conservative, a devout Christian, and he does some of the best impressions you can imagine. He says, I'm told he's impersonated me before, but I've never seen it, Kennedy said. (laughs) And we all love Senator Kennedy. I mean, he's just hilarious. So I I think we should probably try and look out for some of the the Mike Johnson impersonation of Senator Kennedy, if we can try and find it. I have um, an interview from two and a half years ago that I did with um, Mike Johnson at CPAC 2021. I thought it was interesting. And if we don't have time to play any of it tonight, I'll be airing it on Breaking Point this weekend Mm -hmm. again. Just this show that, you know, even two and a half years ago, he was pretty engaged, pretty right. MAGA. Well, we can uh, we can maybe get to some of that. I want to get to this video first because this is a little more recent. This is from today. And this is Mike Johnson walking through um, the halls of Congress, I guess, on his way to uh, either to his office, from his office. And he gets, um, you know, accosted here, as they all do every time they leave their office by the media. And uh, I think this audio will be good enough for you to hear the question and the answer, and you may not be that happy with it. Let me roll this, Aaron, if you want to throw it up. Mr. Speaker, do you support additional aid to Ukraine? We all do. There, there's, um, we're going to have conditions on that, so we're working through it. What kind, of, condi- what kind of conditions? We want accountability, and, and, uh, and, and we want objectives that are clear from the White House. But we're going to have those discussions. It's going to be very productive. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you support? Let's do it again. Do you support additional aid? Now she said aid, not money, but I guess I mean I don't know what else. I'm just trying to parse the words here. Do you support additional aid to Ukraine? And his answer was, "We all do." 
which is um, not true. Uh, yeah, we all do. Mr. Speaker, do you support additional aid to Ukraine? We all do. There, there's. Um, we're going to have conditions on that, so we're working through. What, what kind of conditions? What kind of conditions? We want accountability, and, and uh, that's the key and, word. And we want objectives that are clear from the White House. But we're going to have those discussions. It's going to be very productive. Mm-hmm. The key word, accountability. Oh, the White House hates accountability. Just give us the money. We'll tell you. We'll tell you uh, that we're giving it to whoever we want. Whoever, you, whoever, whoever we tell you, don't worry. Don't look into it. Uh, it's Ukraine. You know, you can trust. You can trust Joe Biden when it comes to Ukraine. He's very forthcoming. Oh yeah. So what? Uh, so what exactly are you saying, though? That his, what, what I'm his saying an- is, we should not be his. We should not be going mm, to his answer. Not yet. Let's okay. see what let's see what he's talking about. Because again, I like the word accountability and provisions. Now, again, anytime anybody's raised a specter of we want to take a look at where that money's going, the Democrats lose their S because they don't want anybody to know where this is going. They don't want a paper tra- they don't want it uh, broken down to say, okay, who's getting what, how much. They don't want accountability. And he's he, that's one of the things he said. There's got to be accountability in there. You know, provisions. We'll talk to the White House, and they don't want to agree to it. You know, hey, yeah. we we will give you the money. You show us where it's going, and we agree with it, and then then you get you're good to go. But if if we find that it's uh, you're you're going to be playing games with us, you ain't gonna, you ain't going to get nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's a little worrisome what he said, but you know, Trump gave forty-seven million in javelin missiles and like a bunch of rocket launches and stuff to them. But uh, it was a different ball game, you know, back mm-hmm. then. And um, you know, again, this is this has evolved into a catastrophe. So. Yep. We'll see. Uh, Senator Mike Lee tonight, after we had just talked about this, says um, 29 minutes ago, it makes sense to have Hugh Hewitt host a debate among Republican presidential candidates. It's insane to have Lester Holt and Kristen Welker anywhere near the action. We know who they are. They've made that clear. And they hate the GOP. Who did this? He asks. And that's exactly the feeling we should all have. Just continually stepping on rakes and smacking themselves in the face with stupidity. And that's something that the uh, the candidates should all be like, "Yeah, we agree. We're not gonna we're not gonna show up unless you replace these people." As simple as that. You it, it's like you can't have a party if nobody shows up, right? You can't have a game if the teams aren't on the field. That's true. So if you want to make if you want to make a statement, if you want to you want to exert your power, just stand up and say, "No, we're not doing this. Uh, these are our terms. We're we're the, we're the we're the attraction here. Nobody wants to see Lester Holt. <laughs> nobody's coming to see Lester Holt. Nobody's tuning in. Nobody's going to be paying. Uh, you know, oh, we need to get some advertising dollars on this debate. It's going to be great. Lester Holt is going to be there. Nobody's nobody's lining up. Nobody's for saying that. Not even <laughs> Lester Holt wants to see Lester Holt. <laughs> Now, some more on Mike Johnson here tonight, just breaking. Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson says to Hannity on his show tonight that he told the White House that the House GOP's consensus is to separate Israel and Ukraine aid, Mm -hmm. even as the White House and Senate are pushing to tie the two together in one big package, also signals he doesn't plan to focus on abortion policy in the next 14 months. So that just out five minutes ago on um, some more from the new speaker, which, I mean, that answer, 
of we all do. I mean, I hear what Delgado's saying, and I guess I, I guess I'm willing to throw a little rope, but that's not the answer I would have suspected to hear or wanted to hear. Right. And I can't believe Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates, who's the center of all of this, obviously, or other people who voted against McCarthy want to hear McCarthy was a no on Ukraine funding, took it out. Let's remember that. All the other faults and every other, you know, we all hate him and okay, fine. He was a no on Ukraine funding in the when they were working through what what ended up being the CR. So we 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 really should not accept going backwards on that. But you and, know, like you said, I guess we got to wait and see. And, and and here's a little inside baseball. And again, I learned this. I'll tip the hat to Bongino. He pointed this out because he he learned it from somebody as well, uh, from a congressman who said, there is no power in the word yes. You got to say no, because then they they come back with, well, how much do you need to make it a yes? It's a good point. It's all about money. It's all about the money. Okay. Well, I'm interested to see what the audience thinks about that response of we all do. Are we willing to... um Willing to kind of say, okay, well, what does he mean here? And we'll see if the accountability thing is kind of the the firewall between actually doing this. I'd, I'd actually like to see accountability for what was already sent over there before well, we talk about more. Before we talk about more, it, it would uh, be, uh, uh, Democrats and Mr. President, why don't you uh, lay out exactly what we spent, who got it, what would it have spent on? And then we'll discuss it. It would be very smart for the Republicans to separate the two after Biden's stupid speech. Yeah. All right. Live from Studio 6B, more sports and news before we wrap it up on a Thursday night. We'll check in with the score of the game, see how all of you gamblers, (laughs) anti Aaron and and, uh, Slick Rick are doing tonight. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. We'll do some more here in a second. Uh, doing the news with Delgado and David Zia sitting in with us. Well, it's good to have him. Ben Burkwam had his special tonight, which I, I did not get a chance to sit down and see, but I'm sure it was fantastic, as everything Ben does is fantastic. That was at 7 o'clock leading into us. Uh, ben was on, of course, last night down there in Washington. He's still running around there all day today, raising <laughs> hell, raising hell as he does, so... Um, all right, let's do. Let's start with a little more sports. We'll get an update on the game, and then we'll do some news for a wrap it up. Slick Rick, you can go first. Sports brought to you by My Pillow, of course. What's going on? All right, big D. Let's shuffle back up to Buffalo, and uh, right now it's halftime. The Bills have gone on top, seventeen to ten. Just about ready to start the third quarter, so we'll keep an eye on that. A couple of quick scores. Bruins over the Ducks, 3-2. 56 seconds to go there in the third. In OT, the Kraken and the Hurricanes tied at two. Flyers over the Wild, 4-2. That's also mid-third. Islanders and Senators locked in a good one. 14 to go in the third there. Tied at two. Maple Leafs 2-1 to one over the Stars. End of two. And the Rangers and Oilers just underway. Avalanche, well, it's in the finals. They finally lost their first game. Penguins 4 nothing over the Avs. And Boston 
pulls their game out, they'll be the only undefeated team in the NHL to start off the season. One quick story, Big D. NBA, NBA opening night games hit low opposite NLCS Game 7. John Lewis of Sports Media. The baseball competition was tougher than usual, but a nine-year low is surely not what was expected of NBA opening night. Tuesday's NBA opening night doubleheader on TNT averaged 2.78 million viewers, marking the least-watched opening night slate in nine years back in 2014. In particular, Lakers, Lakers Nuggets averaged 2.84 million views and Sun Warriors 2.7, down 5 and 24% respectively from last year's games. So uh, and opening night uh, games were trounced head-to-head by Game 7 of the Diamondbacks and Phillies National League Championship Series on TBS and True TV. And the World Series will kick off tomorrow night, Big D. Game 1. We'll be looking forward to that. And uh, that'll be in Texas as the Arizona Diamondbacks take on the... Boy, talk about a big market game, huh? And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, so look, Rick. Uh, David Zier, any other news on your uh, on your plate that we haven't covered yet tonight? Um, well, I just wanted to tell our audience again that on 9 p.m. Saturday, Eastern Time, uh, Trump will be speaking uh, with Team Trump in Nevada. And Rav is going to be giving uh, coverage, live coverage of the event. Uh, Saturday night, 9 Saturday p.m. Saturday night. And Sunday, I'll be on the ground at the Orpheum Theater in... Um, Sioux City, Iowa, about two hours north of uh, Omaha, and a very conservative area. Twenty-five hundred people. Oh, the great seats, <laughs> you know, and um, should be a fun event. It's going to be twenty-four degrees on Saturday Woo! and snowing nice. on Saturday and Sunday. Wow! Yeah. So I was told. Uh, Pack your thermals. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's going to yeah. be seventy here. Yeah, seventy-six. I heard. Wow, unbelievable. Good. Today was Green. awesome too. I got a bike ride in. I oh, what a, what a wonderful a good, day. Such a good mood. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, today. I'm beautiful. <laughs> I'm kicking. Uh, any other news, Delgado? We haven't gotten to. Yeah, it seems like Slick Rick is avoiding talking about the 76ers. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that game's not over yet. <laughs> they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, and according to this story, 76ers security reportedly stopped James Harden from boarding the team plane. Oh, I believe it. So I don't even know if he's at the game. Do you? No, nah, he's not. He's not at the game. He's not on the bench. Not he's as not far on as the I bench. Know. He's not nope. at the game. He's he he's he's could not even be on the Sixers anymore. Yeah, well, know. that's what you comes when you call the GM a moron, you know, yeah. or a liar, I should say. <laughs> I, just, I just I just thought I should point that out. I think uh, they're worried about him, uh, you know, being a cancer for morale with that team. So you think, figuratively right. speaking. Hey, here's a story, and, and I I'd shared it with Slick, but he said, you know what, you do this one. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, all right, uh, here we yeah. go. Swim competition allows 50 year old biological male. To swim with 13-year-old girls. Come yeah. on. Yep. It's, it's a real story. A hat tip to uh, Rebel News for reporting on this. The Markham Pan Am Center just north of Toronto was the venue for the Richmond Hill Aquatic Center's Fall Classic swimming competition. Uh, bring the kids for a fun family day at, at in the pool. And the classic Sesame Street song came to mind. One of these things is not like the other. And, of course, one of these things does not belong. Uh, they were tipped off, Rebel News was, about con- uh, by concerned parents that there was something perverse happening in the pool at the Richmond Hill Aquatic Center's Fall Classic swimming competition this past weekend at the Markham Pan Am Center. Now, check this out. Namely, one of the swim races on Friday, 10 competitors took part. Nine of the competitors had much in common. They were female, and they were 13 or 14 years old. Alas, the 10th competitor was Nicholas Cepeda. A.K.A. Melody Wisehart, <laughs> a member of the Orangeville Otters Swim Club. I think he's the only member of the Orangeville Otters Swim Club. That's right. 13 and 14-year-old girls were swimming against a 50-year-old biological male. Wow. 
Yes, it's true. First organizers denied that Nicholas Melody swam at the meet, even though we provided them with a copy of the schedule that indicated he was there. Eventually, the organizers relented, admitted that uh, he did take part, but they didn't want to get into debate about gender or age, which is surprising since the entire competition was structured around gender and age. Uh, 10-year-old girls, as you can tell, would not swim against uh, 17-year-old males in their competitions. We were also informed that no representatives from the swimming bodies, Swim Ontario or Swim Canada, were available to speak about it. Um, and it is of note the <laughs> that uh, check this out, because this is, this is the strangest part. If that wasn't strange enough, uh, Nicholas J. Cepeda, also known as Melody Wisehart, is a Anyone, you want to guess? I'll tell you. Is a professor at Toronto's uh, York University. Oh, yes. There you go. So there you have it. Professor of what? Well, Rick, um, did I read earlier that he also was able to change in the women's locker room? Yes. He was also allowed to change wow. in the girls' locker room. Are you kidding me? Um, is, we're getting sicker and sicker. And, and again, he is a professor at Toronto's York University. His two research areas, of course, with, with, without any hesitation, are children and youth. You know, I was uh, listening to Riley Gaines uh, a few months ago in D.C., and she was explaining not only did they take a medal away for a virtual tie and gave it to uh, the other guy, yep. to uh, Liam, Leah yep. Thomas, yeah. but Got they the uh, sprung it on them, uh, didn't tell them, and he changed with them in the women's locker room, and that. they're all scarred for life. Yep. And the NCAA is just and, evil. And they are. Yeah. Evil, it's pure insane. evil. So, so again, um, there you have it. And, and it lends credence to what I was saying earlier. Um just don't show up. Or better yet, when it comes to these female competitions, girls, ladies, um, when that gun goes off, don't move. Don't do anything. Let this lunatic swim by himself. Swim by himself, <laughs> up back and forth, and just stand there and boo. Boo the entire time. If this is what the organizers want, give it to them. And let them see up how— on the podium how, with yeah. the flowers, and he's exactly. like this. And let them drink it in. I got one last story for you. This one's a, a little more normal, I guess. Sheila Jackson Lee announces an endorsement from the former mayor of Houston, who later denies he's endorsing Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh, is that Sheila? Uh, Sheila, come Jill, on. Sheila, come on. This guy, Sheila. 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 Don't get crazy. The controversy yeah. surrounding Sheila and go home. She's on fire. Candidate. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee continues that she announced she had an endorsement from former Houston mayor Lee Brown. The problem is he claims he never endorsed her. In fact, he doubled down on his support of her opponent, State Senator John Whitmire. It all started when the Congresswoman's campaign sent out an endorsement announcement Tuesday. Day, uh, from the former mayor, Lee P. Brown, who had previously expressed support for Whitmire. He was elected the city's first black mayor in 1997 and served until 2004. He's not the chill guy. He is a former mayor his, because oh, his last, oh, he served up until 2004. Chill guy was back in. Uh, oh, you criminals, listen up. He's <laughs> chill. Yeah, that guy was Mr. Freeze. It's time to go home. <laughs> Jackson exactly. Lee then said Brown offered a dual endorsement. Along with a message praising he, he believed uh, she is a distinguished leader um, and played a pivotal role in shaping the, the future of Houston, of which, uh, again, he denies. Oh, so 
after 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 she had made that uh, made that declaration, Brown dismissed Jackson Lee's campaign statement with his own <laughs> statement, saying, "I never gave Sheila Jackson Lee campaign permission to use my name as an yeah. endorser. I endorsed John Whitmire months ago. My endorsement remains with Senator Whitmire, <laughs> and it's gotten stronger. <laughs> Duly noted." <laughs> All right, as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody, on the show. The great David Zier. He'll see you tomorrow as well. Aaron and Fran, great job as always. We will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., to wrap up another great week right here live from Studio 6B.